week later, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This is John chapter 20. Most of us know it. We get it every year on the second Sunday of Easter, the, the Doubting Thomas uh, portion of of the scriptures. Uh, and, and I chose this for our gospel text for Sunday to complement the Ezekiel text that we're having. In part first, uh, Thomas I've always taught, or at least thought of, as being one who he needed to make sure that he had his Jesus, the kind of Jesus that he needed. That that when when everyone said, oh, we've seen the Lord, he said, if I do not see the wounds, if I don't put my hands in them, I won't, I'm not going to believe. In part because the Christ, the Jesus that we need, the Messiah, is the wounded Jesus. The Jesus who has been on the cross, the Jesus who has died and rose again bodily, physically. That it wasn't just some sort of spiritual resurrection, it wasn't just some sort of hologram or psychosis or whatever of those who saw him, but actually quite literally bodily rose from the grave. And he still has the wounds in his hands and in his feet and the wound in his side. And so for Thomas, his desire was not necessarily a doubt, although it, it's, it's called that by Christ, as much as it is, I can't believe that he rose from the dead, but the only way I'm going to believe that it's him is if he's the Jesus that I need, the Jesus that I've been told of, the, the one that I saw crucified from a distance as I hid, the, the one that I've been told has, has taken the nails for me, the one that I've been told was nailed to the cross to forgive me all my sins and rose again to prove that it was true. Uh, this, this, this is the type of Jesus that Thomas is needing. And so then Jesus shows up and says, okay, come here, Thomas, come on, touch me. Put your hands in my, in, in my wounds. Realize that I am the Christ for you that you need. And so he, he, Jesus finishes up by saying, because you've seen me, you have believed. Our translations vary on this. Some of them make it into a question. Some of them make it into a, a statement. Uh, I, I tend to like the statement portion uh, because Jesus isn't asking as much as making a statement of, yeah, you've seen me and so you believe. Because it's really easy to see something and believe it. It's a lot harder to trust something to be true that you have not seen, which is what faith is, that we trust in something that we have not seen as it being true, as it being trustworthy. And then he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Well, that's us. <laughs> that's those of us listening to this, watching this right now. That's us. But then we have this conclusion that is technically the conclusion to the Gospel of John, the, the addition of chapter 21. Uh, uh, many uh, say, many scholars say, was an addendum, something that was added on later. 
But it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, saying that there was much more, much more happened, that, that the, John and Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they don't contain all that took place in the three years of Jesus' ministry as much as they, they contain uh, what is essential in them to try and make the case for you to trust Christ. And so Mark tells his story in a particular way so that you might trust. And Matthew the same, Luke the same, and now here John the same, saying, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. That these were written that you might trust that Christ is the Christ you need, that Christ is the one who is named Jesus uh, because he's going to save his people from their sins, as Matthew 1 tells us. This, this one, Jesus, meaning God saves, and, and then also realizing that he's the Son of God, that he is God himself uh, coming into the world for you, present in the world for you. But then most importantly, and this is part of the reason why I picked this text, that by believing or by trusting that this Christ is the Christ you need, you may have life in his name. That it is in Christ, his name, God saves, Jesus, Yeshua, is where we find our life. That it is that all this other stuff that we want to hold on to, that we believe to be life, is not life. At least not life as, as we want it to be. And so we find it in Christ, that Christ is the one who has taken away all the things that have caused us to doubt, all the things that cause us not to seek life properly, the life that we need in Christ. And instead we are handed that by his name. That's why we're supposed to hallow God's name, because in hallowing God's name, we are hallowing Christ. We are keeping him holy. We are keeping him special. And this happens to us by hearing the story over and over again, being reminded of our fallenness in Christ who raises us up. And that is, that is the joy of faith. That is the joy of what it is that we are given in Christ. That is the joy of what it is that we need quite regularly from God, is this, this, this joy of having life in Christ outside of ourselves. And the joy of it even more is the fact that we have it together. As we say in the Lord's Prayer, our Father. This, this communion that has been brought together through the body of Christ. That we are one with him in his life. That he lives for us, risen from the dead. Let us pray. O God, whose name is holy of itself, we pray that it may be hallowed also by us. To this end, help us. O blessed Father in heaven, that your word may be taught in truth and purity, and that we, as your children, may lead holy lives in accordance with it. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord. I pray you have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you on Sunday.